on like a good habit and worse than you never had it. <laughs> you are rolling with the Wednesday night A show. Thank you so much. Uh, it is a huge. Oh, it feels so big. It feels so good. What an excellent episode of Dynamite. I'm your boy, The Zoobs. I'm thrilled to be with you here on Wrestling Brain with the Brainiacs with my producer, Mr. Matty Pie in the house. Uh, Going to be a great show. I'm really excited about this show. I would say of all the people on this channel, the three of us, of all the possible pairings you could have, Come this on. pairing, people have the least reference for. They don't know what to expect. And I think uh, we have the most ground. Like we, the weight of expectation is not on us, right? We, our, our greatness it, making itself so evident will be like uh, amazing. And, and an amazing dynamic. Come on. Up, so I'm I so have, excited to be here. With I you. have a lot of leeway with. Uh, Oh yes, into the into the. <laughs> I'm the as a producer, I have to sort of allow. Come on, <laughs> you're see, you're experiencing. You said you're in the Zoom's cube uh, today on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. You're experiencing what Josh does to me is where he talks through all of the subs being put Come in, on. and then as the alerts go off, I throw it to you to try to get your first words to show in while the sound alerts play nonstop. He's coming back. And turn yourself up. They're saying, turn me up. Well, come uh, on. listen a little closer. <laughs> okay, I'll turn myself up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kanosuke Takashita. Oh, Takashita. Actually, it's pronounced Takeshita. Come on. <laughs> Streamlabs, what are you doing? Look at this, gifted. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I have to figure out uh, Don't when... be fooled. She's still coming on Wednesday. She's still coming on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Uh, I have to figure out when. Uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the gifted subs. Five is very generous, and we thank you. This is not an easy car to drive, man. I mean, people think that you come on here and you just dink around. It's a it's a timing game. Uh, I can't believe Josh makes guest host come on here with him and navigate that minefield that is the first ten minutes of the stream. That's insanity to me. This Who is do very... you think is winning the Royal Rumble this year? <laughs> what chance do you have? Maybe this is why. <laughs> We're keeping your running bit. We're not letting you finish a full sentence. Uh, at any point. It's probably for the best. <laughs> oh my goodness um anyway all that is to say i have some fun games played tonight for you not to get to know each other better for the chat to get to know our partnership a little bit better uh and a huge dynamite to come into uh i'm very excited can't wait to get these scores from the chat uh first so many people to thank <laughs> Thanks, Josh. This is why we built it, <laughs> built it this way on purpose. Um, E-Prime, start us off with 26 months of subscription. Hey, my name is Will. That's 24 months. That's two years. That's going to be uh, also a little hint. Nobody, I don't think anybody's posted new emote yet either. You have a new emote you can make things uh, You'll have to find it uh, if you can. And uh, hey, my name is Will. As I said, 24 months. That's going to be... A new badge as well coming soon. I am Ahab, 14 months. Thomas W, 22 months. Let's There's Uncle Howdy. Let's keep it real, Zoom. <laughs> <Pace> <laughs> <foul>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Pace foul with 
22 months torque penderloin 21 months no clue what this is getting that amazing audio to play with a five gifted to the community fruits are edible resubbing with prime 24 months and adding who do you think is winning the royal rumble last next this year a hilarious throwback to sakuragi himself one of the first <laughs> go-offs on this channel uh <laughs> resubscribe with prime which as we know josh would always say the easiest thing to do is subscribe with prime we know you have the prime sub anyway it was just it was just the holidays you probably got one even if you don't normally have one uh it's free to subscribe on twitch if you're listening to this matt it has been eight minutes of streaming i think it's time for your first sentence how are you this wednesday evening Are we clear? Can I speak? <laughs> I am fantastic. I watched this week. I actually watched some wrestling this week, and uh, me too. That's how. That's how. If I was an Eminem, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs, I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs, I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. I'm, I'm just the rolling in the background, one. like sweating my ass. I'm filled with bugs, <laughs> I'm the water. poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. If I was an Eminem, I'd be like, oh. Come on. I'd be like, oh. I'm, I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs, I'm the, I'm the poo flavored one. one. Perhaps, perhaps I can I can uh, let the people in at some point tonight on uh, on the creative process of things. But speaking of creative process, uh, there is a new sound for the first time in a few weeks. It's been a while, and it's mm -hmm. uh, for the low low price of two hundred and seventy five bits, I believe. It's like fun. nothing. Which is basically nothing. That's you could you could play so many of those, and it wouldn't even compare to the poo flavored one. Filled with bugs. Yeah, because the song, the Poofilin was was a thousand bits. We're talking, we got a comma in there. You're talking three digits. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Hey, I see why you, I see why that's said all the time. You run out of things to say, and yeah. then you could just sort of like say, "What are we doing here?" And then it helps transition. Okay, okay. Well, I'm more of a producer. I'm more behind the camera than in front yeah. of the camera. If you know what I'm saying. So this Dude. is all just sort of like a learning experience for me. Absolutely. No, I think it's I think it's helpful for all of us. One last sub to thank. It's Marlon Phillips. Six months. Here we go. We'll knock your dick in the dirt. <laughs> I will knock your dick in the dirt. <laughs> Is that you noodling? Uh, that is uh, Googling uh, copyright clear, I will always love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, unreal. Unreal. Uh, anyway, long story short, uh, we're all excited to be here. It's already, it's already been a huge night. The bits are flying. That's what matters. 
Anyway, it's time to do what we do best around here, and it is ask the fans, and the viewers, and the Brainiacs in the chat what they rate tonight's Dynamite on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being the worst, 7 being the best. I know there's more to the explanation, but to be frank, it feels a little frivolous. Um, Maddie, play the music. Let's see those beautiful scores roll in. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, come on, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Seven. Come on. Whoo, doctor. Some highs, some highs, some highs. Uh, nice to see the return. I wasn't here. You were here last week, right? It was you and uh, Josh and our good friend Blair. Thank you, Blair, mm -hmm. for recalling. Thank you, Blair. What were, the, what were the scores like last week? Uh, that's a great question. I think it was a really solid one. I think uh, people were close to sevens on it. Uh, it was just a – I and I watched a little bit of that show because I wasn't sure – uh, how much participation I was going to have, and uh, it was like a probably like a six point five or a six point seven five for me. So I think it was a, in a, in the mid sixes. Well, I got to say, we got a lot of high scores this week as well. Uh, a six for him. My name is Will. Sevens for Gumby Does Crimes. E Prime as well. Six and a half for Sam Fells. Seven from Seventh Defensive. Six and a half from I Am Ahab. Seven from Torque Penderloin. Fruits are edible. Jay's Retro. No clue what this is. And Niblets. Oh five as well as Astral Beer. Getting one in there. Pace foul six and a half. Fat Aaron six and a half. Crunchy ninety three thirteen with their first ever chat saying six and a half hits hides me RL. That's a six. Uh, six and a half from Hot Tuna. Seven from Thomas W. Six from Dennis Dirty Work. Seven from Bell Dylan. Seven scrolling by for Maddie Mac. A six from Heart Note. Scoot is a seven. I'm assuming from Fruits or Edible. I agree. I think that probably anybody in attendance would probably give this a seven. Uh, six from Keeg seventeen seventeen. Another first time chatter. It's stop sign. That's a six. Six and a half from Corvax twelve sixty six. Five and a half from C Supper, six from Qui-Gon Gin and Juice and Chain Wallet Owner, and a clarification, clarification, I may have did say seven on the A uh, on the Discord. I uh, the narwhal with a G, six and a half. That's a that's a, that's a lot of people saying six and a half, which to me to me a six and a half to me is like some they get they can identify something they didn't like, is sort of I think people right. put a six and a half. Um, I think it's a seven. That was that felt like a pretty hot show. The crowd was very excited the whole way. Um, you know, was every single thing going to be written down in the annals of time? No. Was it the best show of 2023? Yeah, I would say that it was by a long shot. So, uh, you know, great on the curve here, folks. Matt, what did you think? I think uh, it's probably a 6.5 for me uh, with uh, losing the point five for shaming MJF's mom. Uh, which we'll get to later. Uh, be better, Brian Danielson. <laughs> Let's all aspire to be better in 2023. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we get into it. We start off. I, I, listen, I got to admit, I got to admit, I um, you probably don't have this problem. You probably have the opposite problem. You probably hear music all the time and identify it and sort of like, I don't even know if they change the song off the top of the show. I have I listen to this show. People both people my I listen to the show so quietly. Yeah. My volume on my TV is like two or three. If <laughs> if we're watching a show with my wife together and we're the only two up, it's at like four. 
uh, very quiet television. So I don't generally hear the opening songs. I don't care to catch it. Um, I don't know if they changed the song. I think it still said Light the Fuse. So Josh comes on here every week and is like, the worst song I've ever heard plays this in. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever heard the whole song. <laughs> it always gets interrupted. And I don't know if I've exactly ever seen right. I don't know if I've ever seen the first five to ten minutes of a dynamite. Five o'clock is just not a time where I've ever paid it right, close enough attention. Five o'clock. I couldn't do it either. I'm not I'm not focused on anything at five o'clock. I am focused I on I couldn't do it either. Yeah. It's not right. It's it's funny because uh, obviously you're on the West Coast. You're in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, I'm here in Eastern Good Time Zone up. in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. Um, and I understand if you're a big sports fan, the appeal of the West Coast time slot. But I almost feel like that one is that like the, the five o'clock and the four o'clock would actually be detrimental to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to experience baseball. Uh, half of it, I'm driving home and it's on the radio. That seems terrible. Um <laughs> I want it to like wind my neck down and go to bed, and then there's a late game on that I fall asleep to. That's what maybe I'm just used to it, but um, that seems weird that the show's at five o'clock. I forget that every week because Josh is like, I haven't eaten yet. I'm like, You haven't eaten? I'm going to bed. (laughs) It's like, Well, (laughs) well, actually, also, Josh notoriously (laughs) eats very late, but yeah, Yeah, that's the thing about that's the thing. Everybody on the West Coast likes to be like, Yeah, you know, it's so good. We get to watch so many sports. It's like, Oh, yeah, how much of that 430 Raptors game are you watching? The answer. (laughs) It's not the first quarter. We got things to do, places to be. Yeah, I guess that's true. I wouldn't see anything with my with my son. I wouldn't see anything. I would see I would see zero sports basically. Things would be over by the time I was ready to watch. Um, yeah. for the night, which I would hate. Only good uh, thing. I feel like Mountain. I feel like Mountain's probably the winner, right? Two or like Central. Central's yeah, Central. I will say though, uh, whenever like the UEFA Champions League is on, you know, a little footy uh, sure. on the West Coast, I get to watch games at ten a.m. And then 12 p.m. and I think sometimes two, and like that's mm. really nice. I really appreciate that I can do that. It's crazy. People are still tweeting about soccer even though the World Cup's over. That's wild. Oh well, yeah, soccer's over. It's true. <laughs> um, soccer doesn't start up again until the Major League Soccer is uh, back in action. Uh, really? You're you're a big FC head. That's uh, Toronto. Here, here. <laughs> I had a I had a season ticket scarf. I don't know if it made my if it made my. Uh commute are you part of the, the sea of the sea of red is that what it's called uh, i i was i will say I, I was in i was at games in the initial season the first like four seasons i did go quite a bit because it was like cheap and a very fun for the people in my age group a very fun experience uh got mls seed up eventually did you, did you watch the uh documentary that claimed that uh toronto uh are the best supporters in the world of course yeah well naturally <laughs> they filled that they filled that bmo stadium for you. <laughs> God, you don't. You, I guess you you would understand being a Vancouver um, local. You don't understand how before the Raptors winning, like any team having any success, we were just like so sickly perverted, desperate for it. Yeah. People were like going crazy that the Toronto Marlies won in the AHL, and it was like you got to you need to win a different thing in your life. Before you're like, that's, wow, uh, Cup, we did it. That's the Calder Cup for everyone uh, listening. Uh, I, I, I feel like Ricky Ray was probably a superstar at some point in his life, which probably wouldn't happen in any other city. <laughs> Shout out to the to the CFL, I think. I can't remember if I feel positively about it. I don't feel strongly, but certainly not positively. But yeah, I'm I'm not a soccer guy. Never really will be, other than uh, betting on the uh, the Portuguese league game that's on in front of my father-in-law whenever I'm at his house. He, uh, uh, which I've come to learn recently is not always a game that's currently happening. Is he a sporting fellow? He is a sporting fellow, yeah. 
his uh, espresso cups are sporting. Uh, we get into the show. So they, I don't know oh. if the song is different, but I tell you, the tunnels and the scene at the top of the gate sure is, uh, the top of the ramp, pardon me, sure is different. No tunnels. Uh, we have six screens now, a big one across the top, two verticals on the side. You're like a uh, vertical 9 by 16 phone cam. And then on the ground, you have two, where the tunnels used to be, you have two screens in the front and a big screen at the back. Um, sort of still having the left and right tunnel feel and face entrance sort of thing, but um, looked pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a bit of a bit of an AV head. I was sort of like, I was like, yeah, you can do some creative stuff with that. And I was worried with the pre-show screenshot. It looked a little, it looked a little, people were like, it looks a little bit like raw. It looks like they're covered. They're sort of copying the homework, I think was the joke. Um, but I thought once lit up and once on TV, looked pretty darn cool. What, you, what about you? You're a, you're a, you're a live event design guy. You've been in those situations. What, <laughs> what, what does it, what, what does it tickle in your fancy? You, you, you know me, uh, a real producer nut. Uh, so anything Absolutely. You're you're picturing the guy in the back working the little slow switch, like the Star Wars guy. You got it all, yeah. You're the real you're in the heroes. Mentally. The the true wrestling, you know. That's why whenever you go to a local event, it's never as good because the production quality. I think more I than anything, more than anything, this to me shows that all of those technical issues that we've had in the past <laughs> in AEW are just that in the past, and you'll. Sorry, I'm receiving word that that's not true, but it did look really okay. cool. I really, really loved how it looked. Sorry, the other producer is in my ear. Oops, my mic isn't going to the arena. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I heard it. I heard him say the same thing three times. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. What a performer. Holy shit. Uh, eventually, I would have been like, all right, fuck this. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks. Absolutely right. Uh, Judas, the first video and song uh, we hear out of the new stuff. Uh, that's our new year. Starts off with Chris Jericho. And then we go to Ricky Starks, who comes to challenge him. Man, Ricky Starks says the first, like, oh, man, those screens are cool. The Ricky Starks, like, laying down the beginning of his video. Maybe I, maybe I just hadn't paid attention to it before. And if it's not different at all, uh, pardon me. I thought the colors are really crisp. but the video looked really cool on the screens. Um, Ricky Starks against Chris Jericho kicks us off. And the first observation, and then, well, it's consider this a through line throughout the night seattle crowd uh red hot for this out of the start you were uh your recent convert to the ricky starks uh church um i've talked many times about the importance i find of the opening match on aew dynamite i personally was thrilled i assume you personally were thrilled with uh, with the beginning of this show yeah you know anytime it starts off with like a sort of upper mid card exciting match it's it, 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 it. I feel like it sets the tone. Whereas if it was a if it was a stinker to start off with, all the talking we're talking like forty five minutes of talking on this show wouldn't be as cool as it was. But the talking yeah. rocked because you got you you were satiated. You had these moments of like, oh my god, this is a great wrestling match, and the thing I wanted to happen happened. Go figure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, some great some great stuff from Ricky in this. He does the rope walk where he's like really smooth with it. And I, think, I believe it's called old school. But to him, with him, it's damn right new school. I'll tell you. Um, the the Rochambeau it looked like into the powerbomb was really cool. Uh, he ends up getting into the walls of Jericho, which um, they do a good thing here. He goes, he gets to the ropes as the face often does uh, in the interference gets the best of him. They, they run Referee one side, we get a we get a cheap shot from uh, Daddy Magic on the other side from the belt. We're thinking this is it, um, and I like I like this because I sort of don't. It's a bit of a pet peeve of mine, and I did a good job of this a couple times tonight of, of taking my pet peeves and uh, throwing them on their heads a little bit. The pet peeve that I have of like the face 
stays in the guy's uh, finisher submission for a really long time so he can crawl to the ropes. And it's like, to me, I sort of I sort of want the guy to tap almost immediately when he's put in a guy's signature finisher. I just sort of think that that's how a finishing submission should work. Um, it's like, he gets it on, it's over. That's sort of like, if you watch combat sports and sort of things, it's like, you could have a version where he doesn't have it on as tight, or you guess you could say that's a lion tamer, but like, he gets to the ropes and he gets knocked out. And then he's able to like, wake up before the, he gets counted up for being knocked out. I thought that was a nice uh, addition to the babyface fire. And man, Ricky Stark seems right at home as a babyface. I can't believe they ever tried to do him as like the cocky heel. It's like, he's so good. He's so perfectly put together for this. Um, he gets the win. I think, uh, you know, the hilarious discourse that Jericho doesn't get anybody over. doesn't help anybody. That's almost no point in wading into it, but man, I, I, I came away from the struck. I was like, fuck, right. They have, they have really timed the Ricky thing perfectly. I remember him breaking off from, uh, team Taz and it was like, here's everybody on team Taz has leveled up and they're all ready to go. That's really good. And then they did this stuff with Hobbs. And they got over with. And I remember the second one was at the, I think it was at the end of a battle of the belts with a rampage. And it went on at like one o'clock local time. And you're like the end of this show. And you're like, man, this crowd is absolutely dead for the end of this feud should be a huge blow off. I'm sort of not worried about it, but like we've seen them botch in wrestling a million times pushes right as it seems like they're getting foolproof. I wanted to shout out how well they've handled um, the Ricky star Ascension. I thought, um, the use of 2.0 and the lackeys, absolutely perfect. A very quick little, maybe he goes through and fights the rest of these guys and we get a little bit more of it, but um, the beating of Jericho right away, I mean, I was, I was like, this is fucking perfect. He looks like a giant star. Maybe the question for Chris Jericho, uh, we won't get into it too much, but you know, when you said I'm not going to get into it, also there's my wife uh, sneaking through the scene. Um, that's what it's all about right there. That's what it's all about. Hi. Hi, my sweet. We're bringing out all the stars. We need, we need, we need the star power. We're bringing out, we're bringing out. Here comes my dog and baby. No, they're both. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them out anyway. Come on. Yeah, I like um, them. Out. No, I think the, the the question here because I I love to meddle. I love to be nosy. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't Chris Jericho gotten over? Sheesh. Did he, did he would, do? Uh, who would you say he's harmed? Google? Has he harmed anyone in recent memory? Jeez, I don't know. Not that I can directly blame him for, frankly. I just don't know where that comes from. I just like I like I like talking about this stuff because it makes me feel a little bit smarter. Because you know I need a little sure. bit of help in that regard sometimes. So a little bit of posturing on my end. I feel Josh like... does this a lot. Is he asks a question in the in the and under the guise of having a wise thought, it, he, he it's, it's like showing to me to have the wise thought. It's uh, very nice. Yeah, you know, uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, more recently, there was another guy where I feel like they, <laughs> there's, there's the COVID, <laughs> the COVID concert bike rally was harmful to other people. <laughs> it's pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We're separating the art from the artist here. <laughs> yeah. You, you, for the, for, yeah. I mean, it's very, that, that was maybe a stupid question on my part. I did just say I was dumb. So, uh, I think that's okay. But you know, Ricky Starks, I, I feel like, uh, more recently there was jungle boy who sure. they, he had a, they had the opportunity to make him into something potentially interesting. They absolutely blew it. But I feel like there's just a difference between Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy, and that is they want Jungle Boy to be what Ricky Starks' character currently is, like that sure. plucky, plucky underdog that has enough skill and a little bit of cockiness to back it up. 
and uh, we'll talk about the <laughs> the Jungle Boy segment later in the show, I guess. But that's it. Like Ricky Starks is a star, and he's yeah. being put into a position where, in order to succeed, he has to be a star, and he is, and he has been. So, I'm uh, I am a convert. I am a big time convert. It's like a it's like being in a a, a toxic long term relationship where, uh, <laughs> but the opposite of it. It's the complete yeah. opposite. Where the th- when I used to hear the theme song when I didn't like Ricky Starks, I was like, "This is the dumbest song in the world. Why does it keep going?" Da, da, da. And now I just can't wait for those. Let me have them. Let me have all of the da da does. It's uh, it's it's truly remarkable. My my turnaround on uh, Mr. Starks. It's funny how once a guy hits a gear, even some of the like silly things you didn't like before become endearing. Of like the hitting the pose so often where you're just like, I don't know, I don't know how to, it wasn't that it was Adam Cole-ish, but it was like, it was a weird thing, not a weird thing for a cocky baby face to do, but it didn't almost felt like it, it he would have to shed that, but like it yeah. fits in so well with the baby face entrance. It's, it really is funny how that framing uh, changes. The JAS runs this off. Uh, Action Andretti tries to make the save with a chair. Um, doesn't go so well. We have a brutal powerbomb off the apron from Hanger, who, uh, from, pardon me, from Hager, who loses his shirt at some point. Uh, he comes out in like a leopard print. It looks like a romper, but I guess it's a, just a matching set, like short shorts and a... Yeah. And a, like a, the, the Love Island special, you know, the... Thank you very much. The, what, do you, uh, what do you call the top of that? I know it's, you could call it like a, just a button-up, but... Well, no, it's, I think it's a camp shirt. Camp, camp. So camp collar has like that extra little lapel. Uh, yes. So it's nicer. And uh, they wear them on Love Island. Um, a little man's fashion for you. I was thinking, I was watching Love Island the other day, and I was thinking, like, would you enjoy, I assume this is what happens, where you get to the island, and they lay out, like, a uh, an entire, like, a Matrix 1 gun closet level of clothing <laughs> out in front of you that are made from the same manufacturer. Is that something that yeah. sounds cool to you? Because I was like, I would like that, I think. As somebody who, who doesn't buy clothes, that would be really nice. Yeah, uh, especially in the, especially, I, I know I do, but think that would be cool because i sometimes go to like i'll go to like a clothing store like something really basic like an old navy and in my life I'm like do you want to buy anything i was like in an ideal world i would just buy like i buy everything right this is perfect so i'm gonna buy nothing so I, would I would have i'm gonna <laughs> have basic shirts of every color and then work shirts and like rugby shirts would be great um yeah. <laughs> it would be so nice okay i appreciate i appreciate you saying that so instead, what I do um, is I don't buy clothes for like eight, nine years at a time. And then one Christmas, you suddenly have uh, <laughs> a new sweater, and I ditch one. <laughs> I have I have an entire I have an entire uh, terry cloth wardrobe at this point from this Christmas. <laughs> it's so good. I am so comfy. <laughs> I have a well, what the hell was the linen? It was a couple summers ago. I had I was going on an assignment somewhere, maybe 2019, and I got a bunch yeah. of linen shirts for for the summer. So now it's like summer. I catch me in a linen shirt. Um, naturally, anyway, naturally wicking. What were we talking about? Yes, yes, they are. Uh, they they go they go to the new desk. They have a new desk. Uh, three TV screens in the front. Nice little nice little thing. We are promised a hangman page status update. And before we get to that, um, people are wondering. People are buzzing. I've heard all kinds of buzz. Uh, what what are these guys going to do for like a game segment on this show? Because they always do. They do like a game segment. They always do like entertainment. And I thought, uh, as I mentioned, of all these possible pairings in this show, you and I know the least about each other. And we have the least um, sort of on-screen interactions directly compared to you and Josh or Josh and I, obviously. Um, 
and I don't know about you, you've, you've never had the like co-hosting with me situation uh, directly like this before, but you and I always in the pre-show and in the post-show and during the show as well, I feel like we have good, we're connected in a way spiritually that I really enjoy talking to you. I agree. Um, I thought instead of one game in the middle of the show, we'll do parts of the game in between every segment and we'll take turns. That's very nice. I like the sound yeah. of this. It's a little show called Getting to Know You. A little game called Getting to Know You. And cue up the theme song, Zoobs. Because I didn't tell you about it. Uh, you, you can <laughs> ad lib if you want, but you don't have to. Uh, so we'll just, we'll just take turns. I'll ask you one question about your life. We'll do a segment. You ask me one question about my life. Answer as honestly as you can. Of course, there are out of bounds. You can say uh, no comment, different question. But uh, feel free to get into it. I'm an open book. I'm a... I'm a guy that uh, if you if you've been along uh, on the sports field, uh, less than Jay's journey with me, you know that this is sort of my this is what I enjoy about talking to people is sort of getting the the short story, getting the little pieces of who you've been that make up who you are. I will go first. Very simple. We saw her walk through your shot uh, twice already a few minutes ago on this show. I would love to know how you met your wife. That's a great question. How much time do you have? Uh, three minutes, four minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Okay. Well, anyway, so I was one one day I was on a, no. Um, <laughs> I can't even mime talking fast. I don't know how Josh does it. Uh, so it, we met uh, over the internet. We met on Tinder. Beautiful. Uh, I remember. Uh, I'll, I'll break this up into parts. The pre meeting her, messaging her yes. on Tinder while she's she's over my shoulder right now. So I'll I'll try not to reveal too much. You have to be honest. Uh, have, I know, I, that's that, that's the problem. It's like, oh. Um, so I remember I was at work uh, messaging with her, and I was I, I was with a bunch of my female coworkers asking for advice, and uh, I was very nervous to ask uh, ask her out on a date, and I finally mm -hmm. did. And I was like, oh, you, you know, like you may not know people people may know this like that moment where you send that out into the world. It's a very of course. It's a very empty feeling. Like I have just bared my, I've bared myself here, and I, I and, and it could blow up in my face. And the first thing she said was, "Matt, I've been waiting all day for you to ask me that." So, oh, yes, <laughs> movie stuff. You're living a movie. So fast forward, we are now. Uh, we we go we go on our date. Uh, the restaurant closed down soon after, so we can't go back. It's a little bit heartbreaking. Uh, wow. I think I think I had a vodka soda, and she had a water. <laughs> but we were talking all night about um, how music videos just aren't as good anymore. And we really bonded over talking about My Chemical Romance, uh, Ghost of You. <laughs> so uh, I asked her to, <laughs> I'm like, do you want to come up to, I was house sitting for my brother. Do you want to come up to my apartment? Way nicer than my apartment. <laughs> and watch the music videos. And so we do. We actually, she, like, the, there was a moment I think we were both very nervous about the whole thing and like you know the first kiss happened and you know you you yes. bump noses um she stayed over it was it was a it was a a, a non-sexual first night but it was nice to be in her presence the big part of this was the date basically lasted the whole weekend the following day uh, i get a text from her after after i uh, after she leaves and i get a text from her saying i was going to go to the art gallery with somebody uh, and they bailed. Do you want to come with me? Well, this was the Super Bowl, uh, and this was a very this was uh, uh, New England versus Atlanta. Did you? I got to see about a girl. What's that? Did you do the Matt Damon like Good Will Hunting? I got to see about a girl to your homies, and uh, you know what? It was a quick decision. It was a very easy decision where I just said, 
okay. So I went to the art gallery. I had about $30 left in my bank account and it would cost, it would cost about $28 to, for the both of us to get in. So I was prepared for, (laughs) to have no money for the next week. Uh, she ended up having passes for it. The rest, as they say, is history. We, we spent a lot of time together. We still do, but that was just like that first weekend was something I keep going over in my head. It was, it was really something special. And I think it was just like, there was just something in me where I knew like, this is, this is, this is my, uh, Tom Brady comeback down 21 to three or whatever it was. This is, this is like, this was right. This was, it was such an easy decision for me. And I think back, it's like, haha, it's so funny. I chose the art gallery over a football game, but in reality it was like, of course, of course I'll go. Of course. Uh, that's what the kids call Riz first and foremost. Uh, second of all, at some point that first night, you said to yourself, don't fuck this up. What is what is the story that I read there? It's exactly it. It's like, okay, uh, say something about like keep in mind it was like 3 a.m by the time we were like maybe should i should we go to sleep yeah yeah and so this this is just like i am i am so nervous it's going so well and so so that there was that moment of like okay don't be don't be creepy don't do anything don't do anything wrong just lay (laughs) lay down stiff as a board just just go to sleep you loser um and uh i would i would say like i think about myself in that moment versus now and like all the confidence in the world that caitlin has given me was just like non-existent then so it was the stakes were so much higher because i was so incompetent and unconfident uh oh so nice i i I love that that first weekend very special great story uh, Hangman Page in the ring with Tony Schiavone, a uh, little subdued here, black shirt, black pants, jean jacket with the sheep lining. Uh, she big, got a big smile on her face. She, yeah, she, she blew me. She uh, did the double. double. <laughs> <laughs> Tells Tony actually not cleared this week, uh, but does promise to Mox he's going to kick his dick in the dirt, as you heard earlier in the beautiful acoustic unplugged uh, copyright free version of whatever song that was. <laughs> um that brings Mox out. If you say you, you say you're gonna put my dick in the dirt, I'm not gonna hang around in the backstage much longer. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Hold on, my dick. What? <laughs> I need that. How I need that, that work? Dick. Am I in the dirt too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, to me, that uh, he's face down and you're stepping on his ass. That's sort of what I assume that that looks like. Sort yeah. of like a like an ostrich situation. Yeah. <laughs> or like digging a little hole, a little mound, or like a tube. Um, anyway, um, Mox comes out, and I'm like, man, what does this guy? What, what does this guy say to his barber when he's in the chair? Other than, we're not shaving it off yet. Like, what other thing could he possibly? Holy fade of fades. Uh... <laughs> yeah, interesting choice on fade. Usually people go fade down here, but he is decidedly yeah. gone up there. Um, it's sort of the the look of somebody who you and I know as somebody who has lost his hair and is losing his hair. The, sure. the there's a, there's part of that process where it's difficult, um, where you don't want to give up. 
but also he wants to lend the air of uh of nonchalance of not caring so this right. is like where caring and not caring meet it's sort of this is sort of and it's almost like what his hair looks like if if you look at yes. my, my two hands frankly <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say he did not navigate that line very well in his latest haircut. Uh, no offense, um, <laughs> he's tough with that. With that, with what he's dealing with, he is on a I have to manage this every week sort of schedule, right? He has to be constantly, you know, not not my problem. I don't have to worry about that kind of thing ever. Um, Mock says, "I'm sick of this being treated like an accident. I'm sick of the candlelight vigil." Uh, I'm hearing this. I'm going, what a great line. Crowd says nothing. Uh, he gets a new <laughs> mic. He says, I'm sick of this uh, candlelight vigil when you get in the flowers. Crowd's like, what are you talking about? I can't hear a single word. He gets a new mic. He says, go Seahawks. Everyone's like, yes, Mocks back. Uh, good for Mocks. Holy third time, third time through, I'd have been like, all right, well, it was a good line. You have to trust me on that. Mocks um, doesn't miss a beat. And the crowd, two of us with the crowd. Crowd was here to hear the face-to-face -face conversation. They were like, "We want to hear the fire lines." Mox, um, a couple, couple f bombs in there. Uh, he says, "Nobody's gotten knocked down more times than I have. Nobody's eaten more plates of crap or crawled through more crap than me." I hate to see you um, playing the victim. Hangers like, "You think I'm mad at you for knocking me out? I'm mad because you made a joke when I first got here to recuperate from it." I guess that's fair. Uh, I liked, uh, I liked the the. Hangman mocks like he's doing the classic pace and like the shoulders, and Hangman follows him with the promo. Oh, that was nice and a nice little touch of confidence uh, from Hangman Page. So we got a lot of we got a lot of fire back and forth here, a little, little more build, a little more uh, a little more rough around the edges. I expect these guys to hammer the shit out of each other uh, when we get to the forum next week. Yes, I would say so. Like I'm not convinced that he's not cleared. Um, yeah, is, me either. <laughs> it's tough to be like I'm not clear, but I will be next week. That's uh, <laughs> my head. My my brain is currently uh, scrambled. Uh, yeah. But uh, 0.75 days away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're close. Yeah, there's there's a health bar that keeps filling up <laughs> week to week. Yeah. Blue. Okay, we're at the we're at hundred hundo p back. I'm better than ever. Um, so th this. This type of promo uh, works because there is actual there's there's anger in there, and it might not be towards Mox from Hangman, but there's anger about like getting hurt, um, which uh, you you know you get smacked in the face or, or anything like that. There, there's that natural anger. So as much as like they didn't they didn't nail it wasn't like a, a soliloquy an mjf soliloquy it wasn't it wasn't perfectly delivered but there was enough anger there and as somebody I, i've said this to to a bunch of people my enjoyment of things now is no longer there's not really a lot of technical prowess necessary you got to make yes. me feel something you got to make me feel and just like in, in wrestling the best wrestling matches feel like a, a fight and that can involve a lot of technical wrestling. There's a lot of technical wrestling that can still feel like a fight. So this this captures that, which is maybe not something that you would have expected at the start of their feud. Like there mm -hmm. was almost like, why are these guys fighting? And uh, as <laughs> you, you you sort of you were you were mentioning there uh, earlier, um, how uh, you know you guess you understood why that would upset hangman i noticed your hair started growing back into a very square pattern uh a la lance storm but it's since it's been corrected so i'm 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 happy it wasn't the best look for you 
the famous podcaster Lance Storm gets a shout out on this show later on. So uh, not wrong to point out there. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. We talk about this. I've been talking, hammering this most of through December was the, the difference between good and interesting, right, is 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 very important to me. It's sort of is how I'm looking at AEW going forward. And I think this is officially heavily leaned into the interesting. This is a... Uh, I like, I like, and we, we talked about it, not to beat a dead horse. So badly, this show needs fired up Hangman Page. Like, more yeah. than just about any character I can think of that's not around right now, yeah. other than maybe singles Kenny Omega. Um, fired up, babyface, very over, not even babyface, fired up tweener, big match haver, big top of the card guy. Hangman Page is, is, very necessary right now because so, he's he's somewhere uh, he's somewhere in between like the legacy mega like kenny omega or somebody on the very top of the card and somebody who's trying to get there he's so important to have because like without him there it almost feels like there's the guys you know and then some other guys mm-hmm. um so it is he it's so important he's never he, he's never been my favorite wrestler but i can acknowledge how important it is to have him there uh and he's got a great look i just don't care for his in-ring or promo skills but what are you gonna do fair enough uh that brings us to our first of three keep it or kick it's for the evening keep it or kick it a very simple game uh of which i will uh very quickly explain the rules you're gonna have emotes in your little emote section there you the viewers and watchers and and etc a's uh, I'm going to give you a prompt of which you will choose one of the emotes, either keep or kick. Keep, of course, means you, that you like the prompt, you love the prompt, you want some more of the prompt. Kick means you hate the prompt, despise the prompt, and you never want to see it again. I assume I don't have to explain it twice because that's a lot of built-in verbiage that I did my best with. Um, the keep it or kick it this week to start us off. It's very simple. Keep it or kick it. Brainiacs. Hey, man, page should beat John Moxley next week at the Forum in Los Angeles. My first keep it or kick it of the night. I blew it, Matt. Uh, why don't I? Well, you never know. They, they could keep trickling in. Uh, maybe I'll go through them this time. Give you a little break. Give you a little time to think about what you've done. Uh, we have Hits Merle with a keep. I am Ahab with a keep. Thomas P.W. with a keep. Geese Brecht with a keep. Dennis Dirty Work with a keep. C-Sup of 55 with a keep. Kaigon Ginger Juice with a keep. Maddie Mac with a keep. Hi, my name is Will with a keep. No clue what this is with a keep. Keegs 1717 with a keep. Heart Note with a keep. Sam Fells with a keep. And the narwhal with uh, you guessed it, a keep. Oh, I'm sorry, Zoobs. It's th- this. This doesn't happen often, I assume. Uh, I mean, to me, it's happened every time so far. Um, <laughs> tough scene. Tough scene. Don't like that. Room to improve. Um, trying to split the vote. Had the, had my those of you who follow me on Instagram had my first uh, algorithm check fifty fifty of the year this week. So I was like, I feel like I've got it figured out. Um, I'll go check 50-50 did. was feeling really good about it um, I was so hopeful that I would find one for you 
I was like, oh, I always get such silly ads and silly promoted stuff. But it's just when you're looking for them, you can't find them. I know how it feels. Sometimes I get to the to do it. I'm like pretty dry. And sometimes people think send me things that aren't really what algorithm checks all about. But yeah. I yeah. appreciate your restraint for not just giving me videos that you don't believe are going to meet the criteria. So that's a lot of keeps. Um thought I was being thought I was thought I was like picking at the picking at a, a thing there. But um I wonder let me ask you this, man, but a philosophical one. Mm-hmm. If I had said the opposite, if I had said locks should win next week do you think i would get 100 percent kicks you think some people would still keep i think people would still keep i think, I think that's my I think that's my learning here right it's like there's something about that's uh, that's what josh would do josh would have an opinion strongly and then yeah. present the other opinion as the keeper kick to weed out people that are just keeping right until you're that's... in the shoes you don't really understand but you know you and i are both we're, we're learning stuff First about one. each other but it sounds like we're also learning stuff about josh which uh yeah. is uh also useful to know uh he's very good at uh keep it or kick it he's also very good at getting through the first part of the show uh somehow. well yeah setting me up to fail in the first part <laughs> right 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 right, right. <laughs> uh back in the show joe calls darby allen uh, a dead little boy a couple times in this Promo package. Uh, it's Joe doing what Joe does, which is speaking directly to camera backstage. Uh, I don't have a ton of deep thoughts about. Uh, this is my goal. My one goal for the for the, for the day is I don't want to spend too much time on the backstage. Like the, someone talks for thirty seconds into the stage into the camera, unless we really hate it and really love it. I feel like I got. It's good to see Joe calling people dead dead boys, but I don't have a lot for this. <laughs> dead boy. It's a. I. I mean, it works. Um, what's next? <laughs> what's next? You say so you're saying move forward. I can't wait to get to the Jeff Jarrett match. I understand. We gotta I'm get itching. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I'm ready to burst out of my seat uh, and leave and run into traffic. Uh, is that a good thing? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I um, uh, maybe we could talk about the uh, the Jeff Jarrett podcast incident. Uh, is it a work? Is it a shoot? What did he even say? Well, he was pretty mad about being told that he stole money from people and that he stole a wife from Kurt Angle. He was not very happy about that, uh, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Start me up a little bit on the on the Jeff Jarrett podcast controversy. Give me a little more detail. Oh, I wasn't sure if maybe uh, – so I actually read a Fightful article about this. Now we're I did talking. Not, I did not listen to it. I find uh, when he speaks – I am very turned off by speech as a concept, uh, but reading <laughs> reading what he was saying was really really something. So he got really mad about uh, about things. He it was the type of anger where you sort of go like, "Are you kidding me? Like like is this guy serious?" Uh, where you can't because he's not much of a talker, so he can't come up with anything good to say. He was mad that Max Caster would bring up Karen Jarrett. He feels sorry sure. that Karen Jarrett uh, was brought into this. He claimed multiple times that they were separated uh, by the time Karen Jarrett arrived. And he took about six opportunities in one podcast to get mad at Dixie Carter, which uh, was addressed in, in this episode of Dynamite, which I thought was addressed masterfully, as always, by Max Caster. He came off, uh, he, he, he sort of said, I was responsible for the best years of TNA. And then, mm-hmm. and then Dixie Carter had a power trip. Uh, and, and then by the end of his conversation, he sort of qualified that he, that everything he's done is great, and he would be more successful if it weren't for a certain power trip. Uh, 
thoughts on whether or not Jeff Jarrett had any responsibility in the downfall of of, of uh, company he's been involved in? Because he seems to think that uh, that global was it Global Force Wrestling. Global Force, yes, it Glo- was. He seems to think that Global Force Wrestling was mostly good, and that he got a lot of money from it, and so that means it was good. He's probably able to point to this whole way the wrestling world has changed and be like, I had this vision first, right? And he's like, he's like, oh, I came up with every company should work together. It's like, brilliant. Um, so good. We all, we all didn't get high in 2006 and do that, so way to go. <laughs> um, but he put the effort into trying it. I will say my big takeaway from that whole thing that you just said there was like, I'm so glad sort of the way the internet works that um, I don't have to listen to the podcast. I don't even have to read. I don't have to, I don't have to write up the podcast description. I don't even have to read the description of the podcast that somebody else wrote up after they listened to it, I can have that summarized for me um, and pay half attention to it. That's what a, what a beautiful place we go. Uh, speaking of Max Caster bringing it up, he brings up Skip Bayless, he brings up Dixie Carter, he brings up Andrew Tate, and he says uh, TNA stood for total nonstop acclaimed on the way in. Pretty good. Pretty good bars. Uh, I didn't know that, actually, that uh, that's what TNA stood for. Uh Ahead of its time, you can't argue that. Ahead <laughs> of its time, they knew there was going to be a tag team in another company years later that would find <laughs> some success and also uh, wrestle Jeff Jarrett. And say what you will about Jeff Jarrett, and you did just there, and I will also allow anybody who wants to say whatever they want about Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he looks decently good for whatever age he is. I assume he's a million. I don't even know. So here's the thing. You'd think I look so. terrible for it not being 40. Here's right? the thing. Sort of... <laughs> he has brought this up, and many people have brought it up, that he looks great for his age. He's in yes. his 50s. I know, but I'm not going to look good in my 50s. Is my I, sort think, of where I, I think, <laughs> I keep, it or, keep it or kick it, Zoobs will look better. <laughs> speaking speaking of unanimous so. speaking of unanimous answers, uh, <laughs> I really think, like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've... Maybe it's it, this reminds me of uh, the Hillary Duff still looks stunning at 35. That's sort of 35 and 50 something is different, though. Yeah, but it's the it, it's I, I'm I'm uh, equivalent sliding the scale. I'm sliding the scale you. over to uh, the male side where it's easier to have longevity when it comes to good looks. Yeah, uh, right. for the most part. So you have Jeff Jarrett that's being praised, and it's like, yeah, he sort of looks like a an old jacked guy, <laughs> <laughs> which he is, which he is, yes, he is. He is. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, thank you for keeping me in check there. I, I, that's my, I was trying to like write down something about this whole thing. Uh, Jay, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal do win the titles here for a second. Um, and I was so happy that this great crowd got this moment. I thought it was perfectly pulled together. And listen, I generally hate, you can call it the dusty finish, but I generally hate when a uh, referee misses something and another referee is like, no, you didn't miss something. You, you, you missed it. The match must begin. I, re- restart. I sort of hate it because it's one of those things where like, you start doing that and then it's like, why don't you always do that? Yeah. That's... But, ca- oh. capital B but on this oh, one, they, okay. did, they did work it where they had about eight referees ringside, right? It's not like she didn't come running down from the back. It wasn't that somebody calls the ring announcer. The Aubrey Edwards was sitting right there. She was she was right in front of him. So I will give them credit. They they did that um, in a very creative way, in a way that I don't think I had seen before. So that was sort of like the there's a very thin razor thin margin that I can get on board with that exact finish, uh, and they managed to get me just over the line by a toenail. Um, for all the negative things that I've said about Jeff Jarrett every single week, week in and week out, and we'll continue to do moment after this ends 
um, did get uh, a great song out of the acclaimed from this and did get uh, the moment where the crowd believed that they had won the titles. Uh, so I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Yeah. I, didn't, I expected to hate every second of it, and I liked the three minutes with the acclaimed uh, music video. And yeah. uh, now they're having a rematch, so not so oh, much for good. me. But... Whoo, good. I was worried because I thought to myself, oh, I want some more some more of this feud where I definitely paid attention to the wrestling uh, that took place in this ring. Matt, that's another match, which means it's time for our second round of getting to know you. What do you uh, got for me? Any question? Any question you want to ask? Okay, so I think uh, we have fruits are edible up here. Uh, had the name "Who's Your Maddie," but that's only for half of the show, right? So, you call it "Zoobs Your Maddie." We we could call it uh, <laughs> "Zoobs Your Maddie." Yeah, "Zoobs Your Maddie." Uh, I'll, I'll come up with a theme song for next time we host the show together and decide to play a game for the entire length of it. <laughs> Question for the Zoobs. Something, you know what? That, that I, I, hear, I hear from you, uh, or I, I, mostly I hear people talking about uh, your play ball movement. Uh, you've, you, th which is something that, that's super interesting to me. I'm usually team hold on to that hair. Balding, sure. balding is beautifuling. Uh, sure, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but I want, I want to know, Zoobs, did you have anybody in your current? The, 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 do you have anybody in the role that you currently occupy for people that you know? Uh, in terms of uh, pushing people to hashtag play bald? Wow, great question. Um, the the short answer is no. There was no, there was, you know, I'm trying to make the world a better place uh, after I leave it than, uh, than I found it, sort of like a locker room. Um, there wasn't anything directly, there was no way that was like, hey, you should shave your head ever. Uh, and I feel like, um, similar to, I think, Claudio Castagnoli, I feel like I, I got out, I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, I got to get out of here before this gets sad sort of thing. Right. Um, I encourage people to, to live their truth. Hold on to whatever you want to hold on to. If you think it, if it gives you confidence and make you feel good about who you are, uh, all the power to you. That's sort of the, it is sort of the whole, if, if you were, if you had my hairline, right. Where I, I could not cut my hair. I didn't cut my hair for like a month over the winter break. I didn't suddenly have hair here. Like, <laughs> just did like, it's just not happening here. It doesn't matter what that's like, you know the difference between somebody with a shaved head and somebody who is bald. It's like a, there's no there's no letting it grow that makes me not bald in the right. world. Um, but I, if I was like, oh, get, look, growing this shoulder length makes me feel confident, makes me feel cool. I'm totally on board with that. Or if you just had the patch and you were you wanted all of the place, no no problem with that. You do what you, the play ball movement is about um, accepting and uh, owning things that you may not like about yourself initially right was sort of sort of you wear them as armor versus uh you know it's the, the old b rabbit from eight mile you know tell me something you don't know about me right yeah. um, that's why you're great at rap battles that is why i yeah i can spit on the mic uh if i don't choke um that's, so that's sort of yeah I'm, I'm doing this pointing thing because i'm like you have nailed something there where i thought we were on opposing sides of the play ball movement mm -hmm. turns out we're on the same side Absolutely turns out right. that thing that that I'm worried about. Uh, it's been a, a few years of sort of coming to terms with it and sort of thinking to myself, looking looking at balding men, looking at Frazier in the first season, maybe the first two seasons. Doesn't and he thinking, look great? 
I thought he looked great. I personally, with a, with the long hair and and barely any hair on top, I was like, Fraser Crane. I thought in the first season of Fraser, which I don't know why we're not just talking about Fraser. Uh, I understand I can, it's a yeah. very special show for you. I'm going Go through it. I, I'm in. I'm on season six of my first watch through of Fraser, and uh, it's it's incredible. Thank you for that answer, yes. though. I I, I I appreciate that. Turns out... You ever, watch, you ever watch Cheers, by the way? You ever watch Cheers? Never watched Cheers. I think I'm going to go back after after I'm done Frasier. Uh, I, I, I assume there would be a Frasier storyline where I can just ignore everything else that happens and only watch... What Frasier's, yeah, Frasier. Frasier's in most of it, right? It's, oh, you, hell yeah. Combine, it's 22 seasons of Frasier Crane as a character. <laughs> um... The short joke answer is that I did have a uh, a barber once, sort of like... I sat down uh, as like, um, just do what you can to make it look like I'm not going bald. And the, <laughs> oh, no. the, the, the hairstylist went, oh, honey. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm not paying for this ever again in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey. With my razor. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm going to have can this you... haircut you're giving me for about two weeks and then I'm taking care of business myself the rest of the yeah. way. <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort. Uh, I and I maybe it's also appreciated uh, the the bluntness of the oh honey yeah uh, what am I paying you for yeah <laughs> if you're telling me there's nothing you can do what am I paying you for there's hair down there there's hair down there come on make yeah. it happen <laughs> you, are you an artist or aren't you um yeah. okay back to the show Hater and Britt are sitting down with Tony Schiavone backstage everybody wants to know who is going to be Soraya's partner next week. Uh, they want to know, is she ever going to get it? Is she ever going to get what AEW means to us? We are the ones who run things around here. You're the champion, Britt says. And I'm the boss. Wink. And she, and she and she pulls her sunglasses down and she winks at the camera. And she nods and does the little finger guns. She says, I'm the boss. And actually, I don't know about you. I had this uh, closed caption because I watched, as I said, I watched very quietly. Mm-hmm. Bit of an Easter egg if you're watching this segment. Boss. Uh, spelt with two dollar signs in this situation. That's very strange. <laughs> Isn't it just, pronounced the same though, which is weird. Uh, you wouldn't think it'd be pronounced the same. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. Uh, I have a feeling my AI program would not pronounce it the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be bo dollar dollar. Uh, um, that could be anybody. I mean, uh, who knows? Who knows what she's referencing there? Matt, any guesses? I'm guessing like Tennille Dashwood, maybe uh, the Iconics, the nine-month-pregnant <laughs> Cassie Lee. <laughs> when, I thought, when I thought boss, I thought there's a former boss that no longer has a company to lead. Perhaps this True. is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, Perhaps, yeah. Coming, coming in uh, <laughs> to uh, stake his claim on a new company. Perhaps it's Steph for business next week. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think we all know. Uh, we'll get to the uh, big swerve later about this, but uh, yeah, pretty exciting. We saw we saw Mercedes Monet in Japan uh, overnight last night. Um, I assume you didn't watch. Uh, I didn't. Watch but I, I, I want to, and I did for a little bit try to avoid spoilers, but it's like it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. People just love tweeting things out like this person won. It's like that's a useless, an absolutely useless tweet. You're not, you're not, you're not doing anything when you say that. Don't harsh, harsh for me. I'm my son and gets up very early in the morning. I was for the first time in my life on the other side of the everyone else stayed up on all night on this. Like I woke up at six thirty a.m. Like I'm not like I got out of my bed and looked at my phone and I want to say the main ended at like six fifteen. So it was like I was literally like what's the game was ending. I listen. 
not complaining. If I wanted to know, I would have got up, right? Sort of like, do you, yeah. you know, pitch better, right? If you wanted, if you didn't want to spoil, get up at four a.m. Sort of conversation. But uh, I also don't care about spoilers. Like, the yeah. who wins the matches is like the third most important thing. Really. You're, 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 you're kind of right on that. You know, it's like. I do. I, I I just have a problem with rewatching stuff that's already happened. I feel like it takes sure. the sting out of it. So that's the only reason why I don't like spoilers with things because it sort of it removes. I'm un, I'm now no longer able to suspend my disbelief that uh, sure. I don't know. Uh, but... I personally tried to as Dennis Rodriguez says it is more fun to do without spoilers. I, little posters on her where I sort of want to. Give my excitement without giving the result, um, but uh, I also understand that my feeling on that is not everybody's feeling on that, so, so it goes. Uh, Jungle Boy backstage, cameras caught up with them. This says the cameras caught up with Jungle Boy, and then he's like standing there, very composed, right down the gun. Um, and I'll say this: I'll say this. Here's what I wrote down. I'll say I'll say this. That's right. The first thing I said: uh, say what you will about nepotism, babies. This is a topical one, right? See the see the vanity the Vanity Fair over the or was it Vulture Vulture over the break? Big. Big might have been on Nepo Babies. Nepo Babies were the person of the year. Yeah, uh, I believe. So it was. say what you will about Nepo Babies. I'm not worried about Jungle Boy leaving to be an actor anytime soon. That's my little David Spade Hollywood report for you. That's very good. Uh, this is not good. the best use of Jungle Boy. He's not the straight. He's not this Mox Cam guy. Let me I think, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I got a friend over here. Like how how does somebody? I don't understand. I don't know what it is about his voice that makes him so un deeply uncool. But there's something about his voice that makes him so deeply uncool. There's just no way around it. He's somehow he's making Hook seem less cool by being like, "Yeah, I'm with my friend." Hook. The only way for Hook to get th to get through this with his coolness intact is uh, he's got he's got to sort of like roll his eyes at something. That uh, right. little little Dino Boy says because the camera most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at look at the camera and go get a load of this guy. Like uh, I, I I don't know I don't know what it is, but you're right. They're putting Jungle Boy in a position like they've put maybe Wheeler Yuta in a similar position where they're like sink or swim, and and then then they've tied uh, rocks to their feet or something like that. It's uh, it's not good. It's 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 not good. I don't know if I don't know if I'm being too dramatic ab about it, but it's like him, Dante Martin, Wheeler Yuta. Okay, at a certain point, when do you shift from sink or swim to I really want like I'm going to help you f uh, swim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I've, we've seen him have bangers. I'm not to belabor the point, but oh yeah, yeah. Great not, not that he can be not that he can be covered in blood and like breathing heavily from losing a match or winning a match physically every time you interview him. But I feel like the just caught up with him backstage with cameras with no interviewer, nobody leading him in, just didn't feel like his speed. I feel like I feel like you could you can find his speed a little bit better than that. And he doesn't have to be a guy, as you said, that gets put in every situation and gets put in every let's see if you can do this. Let's see if you can do this. I think you need to sort of find what his lane is right now and just yeah. sort of do that over and over again. Yeah. It's sort of like we're, we're, we're watching a, a season of Tough Enough uh, that's hidden within episodes of, of AEW Dynamite, and uh, and we're not here for it. <laughs> Hi, it's me, RL. I got to say, I think I think that flashed in my head, and I was like, tough to go off the and the play bald conversation right into like, I think his hair is why I don't like him. <laughs> I really do think his hair makes him not cool. I really do think that. I don't know. I don't know. 
I think him with Ricky Stark's hair could be cooler. I think I had a friend when I was my first year. Uh, I went to I went to college twice. My 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 return trip. When I was twenty five. I had this. There was this kid uh, who was eighteen, and he had a he had a big afro. Was, this, this kid from Iron Prior, Ontario had a big afro. And he's like a sort of a goofy looking kid, and then over Christmas the first year, he cut his hair and came back. And it was just like it just the kids are like stunningly handsome. And they're like, <laughs> they're like well, what were you do? Why were you doing that to yourself? Your first three months of college, you moron! <laughs> like, he sort you? of anyway. he sort of wants to pull the my big fat Greek wedding slash Sandra D in in Greece. You know, sure. It's, maybe it's more. Maybe he wouldn't have been as handsome if you didn't see him as this dorky guy with an afro. Touche. I don't think that's true, but touche for saying it. Long-term uh, storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Make sure I'm ugly first and no one will believe I'm handsome. That's not really how being handsome works, but I'll give it to you. That is how getting into shape works for me, hopefully. Make your <laughs> um, Anytime now, I'm going to start trying, and then you'll see. Anytime. Say, oh, well, you actually, you actually were packing it on there a minute. Uh, Danielson time. The crowd going absolutely bananas. He is back in the PNW. Tony Nice is his opponent. Crazy. Tony Nice is a, you got this guy coming back, and Tony Nice is the dude. But I guess the promo afterwards is sort of the whole statement. They tease the Tony Nice flash squash. He hits the knees, goes for the pin one, two. Reynoldson kicks out very quickly after that. We get a Bruce Psycho knee and a fast uh, a fast tap on the submission. Submission goes on, bang. Guy taps out. Shouldn't have to be a jobber every time. Should be certain guys, certain holds. It gets on. The match is over. Yeah, uh, should be tough. This... Tough to get that hold on, so you can be like. So it's it, it's not uh, it's not like the the tree of woe or something where you can easily it should be very difficult but once it gets in, it's done. You're toast. That's it. And, and again, mixed, mixed martial arts. The submission gets put on. It's over. Right. It's all about getting the positioning of it getting on. Um, but I understand you have to have things like you know, dramatic kickouts at three, and you have to have people fighting through the pain to get to the thing. It's a nitpick, but something I've never really loved. Um, feeling froggy, says that uh, Danielson after the match. I'm feeling like I want to have another match. MJF, get your ass out here. MJF says I'm a special attraction guy. Yada yada yada. You can't just challenge me, and I'll suddenly get in the ring. He then says he has uh, he has starts dropping names here. We get this is this is where we get into the murky middle here, and I think you have uh, some some notes. I know I do too. He says. Uh, Lance Storm and Dean Malenko having a baby would be more charismatic than you, Brian Danielson. Remember the 90s? Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what this is. Uh, MJF then mentions Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and Jim Cornette. Three guys who do podcasts that you don't like, viewer at home, I bet, or love. Uh, I can never be too sure. But uh, another edition of podcasts I don't have to listen to, write-ups I don't have to read, and yet I will still hear these guys' opinions anyway. Um... He says, Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and Jim Cornette. I think I'm a good wrestler. Uh, we get some mom jokes uh, in the middle here. MJF says, uh, I think your mom didn't have any human suitors. The wording is human suitors. and uh, Human suitors. Human suitors. And Danielson gets a load of this word. He says, your mom had too many human suitors. As a matter of fact, my friend. Maxwell, Maxi Pad, as he calls him, so clever. Holy, oh this guy? who's this guy's writer? Don Rickles, holy. And and Zoobs, do you know why calling him Maxi Pad is so funny? Red Skeleton, holy. 
It's it's. Uh, am I supposed to believe? Uh, uh, I was going to make a a, a a bad joke um, to show how silly the point was, but uh, yeah, maxi pad. What is it? Is is that funny because women suck or something? Like, uh, what, uh, what? What? What are we? What, what are we doing here? I hate. I hate Zoobs. I absolutely hated that I had to sit through the baby face in this situation. I had to sit through him saying that MJF's. You don't have anything better than MJF's mom had sex with everyone. I did laugh at one point. I'll admit. I'll admit. Okay. Well, yeah, it wasn't all. <laughs> it wasn't all bad. When, 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 uh, when he said maybe there's some suitors in this stadium, and then they panned out to a guy in a Raiders hat and Raiders jersey, going, "You me." <laughs> Human suitors, they called them. Um, Human suitors. Yeah, I mean, I said before, I think, I think Mike Battle, Brian Danielson is my least favorite Brian Danielson, and also my least favorite Mike Battler. Um, this did not sway me of that opinion. I wasn't like, well, I was wrong. That was kick ass. Uh, the between the Lance Storm, Dean Malenko, Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and Jim Cornette mom jokes, bestiality jokes, maxi pad jokes. I was like, this is the '90s. You've done it. You've given you've you've shown me in real time that the attitude era was not that good. <laughs> like, oh yeah, those are all things from that time, and all of them were like the low points in the show between people I respect. Uh, in general, we yeah. do finally kick this into high gear. However, thank friggin' goodness, um, it's a little convoluted. But MJF eventually gets there. He says, uh, "For you to be the number one contender, my lawyer, I talked to Tony. Yada yada yada." My favorite thing is we did contracts off screen. Don't worry about it. Um, the path for you to become number one contender is laid out over the next month. If you win every week on Dynamite between now and February 8th, you earn a February title match. Uh, Danielson says no initially. It's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Very, very good scene work. The classic first rule of improv is to say no and then <laughs> get back to where you were going eventually anyway. Um, absolute A-plus, kiss your fingers type of stuff. Uh, <laughs> but we'll do it if he can pick the pay-per-view match stipulation. He picks an Iron Man match. You will be exposed as not having the t the stamina or the ability uh, after I run through your opponents the next few weeks. We touched on the promo a little bit. What do you think about the gauntlet? Then what do you think about the Iron Man match? So the thing about, and, and, and I mean like this segment, you it's well documented that you don't like the Brian Danielson smirking. Josh doesn't like this either. The smirky responses that sort of completely devalues whatever came towards him and turned it in, turns it in. It's like okay, now we're on my now we're on my terms. And so, I do like the fact that it sort of worked into the entire point of this feud. He initially said that's stupid, and that works with his character of like. What are, like what's going on around me? This is all silly. I just can't, I came here to fight, but then eventually he acquiesces because he's like, I love fighting, and he mm -hmm. was much more serious by the end of it. So I am personally super into this now, uh, and I I, di I wasn't at the start. I was like, Why are they fighting? I know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Brian Danielson doesn't need the title, so he won't get the title, and he's going to try to make MJF look good. Um, while uh, reluctantly so, because he doesn't like making anyone look good for some for whatever reason. Uh, on the mic, in ring, yes, but on the mic, no. Um, so I got I got super into the idea because it's like you're going to have 
Brian Danielson wrestling matches, which is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have him wrestling different kinds of matches uh, with a set, like not necessarily a stipulation. Uh, to me, I'm differentiating stipulation with type of match. Yeah, that, absolutely. It, right. And, and so I think it's just going to be such a unique few weeks of wrestling where he's going to have to come up with something new every time. MJF is going to have to try to best him so that it's not going to be just jobbers. Like you'd almost expect there to be just jobbers, but I think. I think after this uh, after this promo segment was done, I was like, "Oh wow! Like this could be fun over the next few weeks." I don't know if you got the same thing as me. Uh, what did you think? Very amped, very amped. Yeah. Um, MJF has done this a couple times, and the history of them is like for all the uh, obviously his entire character being a bad guy and being a, a someone who's out to get his opponents. Um, generally, he puts together like dream matches for a month, right? Not him, but like what happens is you get, I can't believe this week we're getting Brian Danielson versus blank. Um, it also gets us Brian Danielson reliably on the show every week from now between February 8th, Brian Danielson's having a singles match. It also brings us mystery opponents, which is one of the great things about wrestling, whether they be revealed on social media, whether they be revealed through promo of MJF, or whether they be revealed through music hitting and a guy coming through the curtain um the surprise entrance is one of the best parts of wrestling it allows you and i and the chat here to do things like i'm about to do which is which is beg for a little chat interaction and say each of you give me one name that you think reasonably could be fighting against brian danielson in the next month that gets you very excited i will start you off and i will say i think we might be getting katsuyori shibata somewhere in this run first opponent Takeshita, i believe oh why would Takeshita? It, are, are they being conscripted by mjf Do wasn't quite clear i think the idea is like he's going to have opponents every week and i'm sure we will get to a point slowly that mjf will be like taking over the machinations of it i'm that's pretty sure yeah i feel like um the only thing i'm thinking of is former like are we going to go get, I guess this, this is so much to say that this reminds me of uh, John Moxley's title reign where he seemed to just wrestle a random person every night to mm. sort of showcase somebody. Uh, so I guess my answer would be Manser. Uh, maybe we'll see Manser come Old back. Manser. Old Manser <laughs> come to, to, to beat the shit out of him. Uh, to take on the dragon. But this is sort of like that with a little bit more storytelling. So anybody who had complaints about John Moxley bringing up a nobody, a nobody with air quotes... Uh, to wrestle uh, for like such a big tight like for such a big opportunity um <laughs> super dragon yeah maybe that's the real answer we're getting super dragon chat loves super dragon the the josh c patreon loves super dragon um or something like that i haven't been able to figure it out because i don't know who that is uh i think this will be a little closer to uh, the 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 trials of Jericho that we saw put through um, MJF put him through recently, where we got like a Juventud Guerrera, and he but he also gets a uh, you know not the we're gonna see a death match with Danielson, but he gets the um, Nick Gage sort of match, right? It's sort of him getting these um, not dream matches, but people that mean something to Danielson, so that the matches aren't just physical challenge they're also sort of mental challenges hi it's me rl saying kota ibushi with a million question marks you do have the beauty of like the new japan roster is 
um, sort of at your disposal here. There's lots of good people to pick from. I, I just pick Shibata because I feel like that's something that Shibata has said he wants to do. And why not get that done while and the getting is good? And he's U.S.-based too, right? He runs a dojo. He's in, in L.A. LA. Yeah, LA. so yep. it's not that they're like a West Coast swing, so it doesn't seem like that's too tough to tough to figure out. And there's um, been there's been rumblings of uh, uh, AAA no longer being having a lot of association with uh, yeah. AEW, so maybe there's going to be a CMLL guy in there. Matt, Matt, a great a great pick. The ZSJ, I'm pretty sure we're. I think I think because we were supposed to get that in Forbidden Door, yes. Um, Bandito one from right. Hyatt's MRL. That's pretty darn good. Low key from Pace Foul. Pace Foul said Chris Hero. Actually, there's one real one in there with. Uh, Roosh from Cisapo. We can see Roosh. That I would. Yeah. Who's that? That's, who's, that who's that NWA guy that just left? Oh, uh, Nick Aldis. Aldis talent to pick from. We're stuck with this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea who he is. I just know that he's we'll leaving see. TNA. People seem to like him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one NWA match a long time ago, and it was against Tim Storm, and I was like, I'm telling myself this is good. Um, any, any relation to Lance? I. I assume not, but uh, could be. I would, I'm not like keeping up with the storms. If that's a free reality <laughs> show idea, I'll just stinky says uh, Pace fell. So there you go. I would, uh, I would probably, the, yeah. I would probably call it Eye of the Storms. E A Y E or I comma. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, that's what I came up with. <laughs> We're on the same page with that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Eye of the storm. Come on. <laughs> I can't even pretend like that's what I thought of. It's <laughs> so good. You certainly, this, is, this is how it works. Uh, we move into AR Fox versus Swerve Strickland. God, I love this. Holy, did I ever love this. Um, mm -hmm. To start off with the mogul affiliates coming to the ring with a uh, with sort of Strickland, the hoodies look like something an adult would wear in public on purpose. What are the fucking odds that Swerve Strickland has done it? Created merch that is embarrassing for an adult to wear in public. Um, and like the mogul affiliates is not a name that I love, but you see it on a shirt and you're like, a cool guy would wear that shirt. Yep. A guy cooler than me would wear that shirt. Um, holy shit, some of the spots in this match starts off with the double flips onto the ringside apron. And then they do it again on the other side, and this time Swerve does a handspring over the ropes and lands on his, lands face to face. Uh, these guys are so fucking well matched. Uh, the apron kick from Swerve, so 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 good. Um, I challenge myself here because uh, I wanted to describe how their styles are different, um, and I was sort of I was sort of a thing that can happen sometimes in uh, athletics, basketball, football. Sometimes this happens is you'll give a guy an attribute like athletic, like he's all he's so athletic, right? Yeah. But both Swerve and AR Fox are very athletic. All all wrestlers are very athletic, but they're both yep. built sort of similarly and are both athletic by default. It doesn't do either of them any justice in describing how they work and how they operate. So I came up with three words um, for each of them that uh, I think. Describe the difference in how their athletic styles work. So for Swerve, I had quick, agile, and cunning. And for Fox, it was smooth, refined, and uh, experienced. Interesting. So if you were creating a wrestler with, and you could only use words to, to feed this AI uh, wrestling yeah. generator, I would assume. That's interesting that you, would, that you would call AR Fox smooth. That's the only thing, that's the only one where I'm like, I almost like him as a, if you remember uh, in the light heavyweight division, Keith Jardine uh, from the UFC. Uh, wow. He followed M MMA back back then. The Dean of Mean, Keith Jardine. Uh, great nickname. 
um, he had he had a very unique style of fighting uh, where he sort of he, he led with his with the big paw and he would sometimes do sort of like a Stockton slap where he would just like hit you with this bear claw. Um, and the reason why he was he, he had some notable victories at the start of his career because nobody knew how to deal with him because he was so awkward and he did so many weird things. And that's sort of how I saw A.R. Fox in this match where he kept like he had this really, really low DDT at some point mm -hmm. where he was basically like uh, he was almost completely horizontal. Uh, and uh, I think Swerve was on his knees at the time when he did the DDT. Just like these really awkward maneuvers that's that to me is the thing they share most is like maybe not awkward i think the word i'm looking for is unorthodox does that make sense yeah Un unorthodox yeah, I would. because i have written down here one of my only wrestling related notes is there was a, a swerve reversal ddt uh where they like almost had two reversals mid-air and then swerve hit him with a ddt and i was like that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And it, it was just like a, but it's like a nothing. It's like a maneuver in the match almost doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, how do, what, what do you think of my, of my assessment of AR Fox and him being unorthodox? Yeah, I think unorthodox is a good way to do it. I think the word I'm looking for and Thomas W nails it in the, in the chat is fluid is maybe what I meant when I said smooth. Uh, yeah. Where it's okay. Like yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It, there seems to be no wasted motion. It all seems to flow. It seems to be, and that's sort of what I was thinking when I was thinking experienced and refined. It yep. was like it seems like he's not ever off balance. He's not ever. It's, it's all like this opening happened, and I naturally moved into it. Like it's a there's a real beauty, like poetry to his movement because, um, you know, similar to athletic high flyer is like a really generic thing to say. It's like yeah. a lot of guys fly now. He flies in a way that nobody else flies. I think the fluidity is the word I'm looking for. And unorthodox, another great one. I I see Swerver's little. Um, in an NBA offense, you'd almost call it janky, where like the 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 offense is almost offbeat, and that's what makes it so hard to defend. Yeah, is like it's 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 not a traditional. Uh, Shy Gildas Alexander is great with this, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and Luca is great with it too, where it's like he doesn't play at top speed at all times, and because so many people do, it's like really hard for defenses to like yeah. adjust because they're used to that uh, certain style. Jokic, um, great example of that, of just like you, another great example. He 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 doesn't. It, it doesn't have to be pretty. The only difference is he's more Luca, where Luca still makes it look pretty. Uh, he reminds me of a Sean Marion back in the day. Worst oh, shooting form, worst shooting form you've ever seen, uh, but a prolific three point shooter in his day. Um, just sort of like a little bit janky, but obviously like very, very smooth, very proficient, and in, in, in that experience, um, I feel like. At any moment, the thing I like about AR Fox and Swerve is I feel like no matter where they are in in relation to their opponents, they can mount some sort of offense, which yeah. keeps you on your toes when watching it. This is just like this is almost exactly what I love about wrestling. These two, these two in in the ring. That's why I love Swerve so much. And I don't know a lot about AR Fox, but I can tell like, oh, if he's the jobber in this match, I'm gonna love it because he's gonna put on something. Yeah, real hoop talk here. Yeah, uh, unreal DVD to the apron that that closes this thing out. Holy <laughs> Jesus, look like death. Um, unreal. Swerve gets the win. Uh, 
he had a little a little interference in the turn, turnbuckle into a ruthless DVD. Looks like it killed him. And then uh, rolls him in for the old one, two, three. That's another match down. That's another question for you, my friend. Matt, let me ask you this. Oh. Um, one of the most... I would say you're the most gifted music producer I've ever known. I, 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 I can't assess your overall musical talent, but I know that in terms of producing and creating music, uh, I've never been anybody like you. I, I know, I know some people that have been in some very successful bands. I have no idea if that makes them skilled at creating music. I assume <laughs> that it does. But somebody who like is given a prompt and creates incredible music, you are. I like um, this question already. <laughs> the best that I've ever met. Let me ask you this. Sort of a two-parter is is sort of like what music do you enjoy making the most and is it the music that you're the best at making right right this is this is a good this is a good question because i feel like when i that when i think of the music that i want to make it's almost out of reach for me i almost prefer like real instruments vintage equipment uh, right you, you know, like very, very analog, but I have a digital setup and I find the music that I'm best at is, is the music I like creating more uh, than the music that I like. So the music that I like, if I try to make it, it's almost like a, a proxy of what I want. It's like I am sacrificing uh, some quality here to get somewhere close to what I want. But when it comes to like making I'm the poo flavored one, I feel I'm filled with bugs or something like that. It is yeah. so easy for me to make that sound similar to something you would hear. So I would say that give give me like I can I can make hooks. I can make catchy. You know, I, I can make something sound catchy. That would that I, if I if I could tell you the thing I'm best at, it's like I it's know I can I can I can make an earworm. Uh, and, and so that I would say it's maybe my least favorite kind of music to listen to, but making it, it's like, oh yeah, I, I get it. I, it, it's, it's easier to, to get to a point where I'm happy with it than anything else. Because it's like, I am just punching some, like, to me, it's like, I'm just punching some sounds into, uh, this program, uh, and, and it makes, and, and it makes sound like it what i put into it comes out of it there's no there's no compromise uh so i would say that that's like that's the easiest give me more poo flavored ones i think when i made uh, i'm the poo flavored one someone said please make uh oh it was probably the maddie max saying could you be, could you make some house music somebody said make house music and i'm like should i um i have a i i have a, a, a an alias um that's what called, i was hoping you'd say uh that and, and i i, I made some music under it but it wasn't right but i still want to keep that alias for something uh nervous rex i feel like that's a good <laughs> i feel like it's a fun name but like that's rex fun. rex r-e-x right? yeah yeah of course yeah uh, yeah dinosaur helmet on dinosaur helmet on <laughs> oh that would be good nervous rex no you, just... you gotta go dinosaur like mask or something <laughs> no no no. if you're just gonna be really... a douchebag dj you gotta go helmet <laughs> just really short arms <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great you are supremely talented um that's that's very i very kind of you to say i i don't know if i don't know if i deserve the praise but i i really appreciate it's not just you but the brainiacs too you guys make me feel like i'm good at this and that's not 
I don't take that for granted. It makes me feel so good and it really inspires me. So keep being yeah. nice. <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of those things where I think um, anybody who's ever tried to create them like express themselves creatively through music, I think you would you would immediately understand that you like have you are very skilled at this. It's just like a lot of different ways to creative your creatively express yourself anyway that's tried it with music i think would recognize that you are like very good at it you're, you're very good at it and i'm sure right. it comes from like they, you know what i mean like i play guitar when i was in college and i had drums for a little bit i could never learn to be as good as you at creative music it's just like it just i just couldn't it just sort of it doesn't i'm not wired that way yeah well you, you, that uh, i i understand that I, I i do i was i was i'm very lucky to be born like not a lot of things come easy to anybody. Not a lot of things come easy to me, you know? Like, I'm finding yeah. myself uh, at work being like, I think I'm good at this, but God, it does it take me a while to get this done. And then when I make music, it's like, okay, here's here's a, here's a song that I've made in half an hour, uh, and I'm going to charge $10 for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work I mean... isn't real. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um, work isn't real. Don't worry about it. Uh, work is okay. work isn't real life. Work isn't real life. In wrestling, when something isn't real, what do they call it? It's a work. Oh, wow! In in wrestling, when you lose, what do they call that? <laughs> Job. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. It's not real. It's just not real. <laughs> I was racking my brain for wrestling <laughs> terms. Work and jobs is fake loser stuff. It's spelled out for you. If you don't believe me they call it the business so yeah. i don't know what you're, you know and uh the three love... faces of the women's division go ahead sorry uh no <laughs> you had a good line you, no, good line? I didn't. No. you just reminded me of eminem i said love is evil spell it backwards i'll show you <laughs> <laughs> brilliant um just the rap god um the three faces of the women's division sit down to soraya who says we've been trending every week for the reveal of this partner I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that uh, we were on like a 2007 sports highlight show that doesn't know what to do with social media yet, saying trending. Good for her. Um, she then says that she has the best wrestler in the world sitting beside her, and she picks Tony Storm as her partner next week. It's official. It's official. The Tony Storm, best wrestler in the world, and is going to be the partner next week. Um, never mind about the other stuff. The boss. Uh Weird vibes. Uh, I think they're obviously. I think they're planting the seeds of like um, Soraya's annoying everybody around her and like slowly pissing everybody off near her. I think some, I think that we're pretty quickly going to get to that, and we'll see. Obviously, we're getting to the uh, sushi box of it all next week in LA. But uh, yeah, do setting you, the seeds here. Do you actually think stuff. so? So I do. Uh, I, I do think so. You think sushi box next week is going to be the partner? I do. With all of my heart. With all your heart, because I don't. I think you don't. I don't. You think, I, what do you think? I think that they're being too heavy-handed with the boss stuff. I think they're. I don't know. This feels very like uh, 2010s WWE. Just like, oh, this is what you want. Well, you're not going to get it. There's going to be like, I I don't know. I I. I I just get the sense that the way with the way this has started, with the way last week there was no talk about this feud. Um, fast forward to this week, you have mention of the boss. It's like, well, if Sasha Banks was coming, why wouldn't this have been a bigger deal on the show AEW Dynamite? I well, just... I think they're I think they're doing the CM Punk thing. Like they were pretty heavy handed. Like CM Punk 
Whoops. A third co-host is here. What did I say there? What's the third chair? Uh, I think I think they're going to the the CM Punk thing. But they they had they had Cookie Monster shirt on. People started calling themselves the best in the world. I think we're getting it. I think we're getting uh, the payoff. Okay, here. okay. I think we're getting. I think we're getting the payoff. I think I'd be shocked if they give us twenty. But by the way, did I miss your keeper to kick it? Do you have a second? Do you have a second keeper? To kick I did. Yeah. Um, I, did I blow past it? We we blew past it, but I can go back if you want. What was it? Which match this leads to our second keep it or kick it to of the day. Second keep it or kick, yeah. Because we were, you know, what we were just talking about, Zoobs? What's that? Before, before this, it was AR Fox uh, and Swerve. AR Fox and Swerve, which leads me to my second kick, keep it or kick it of the day. Uh, keep it or kick it, obviously, the game that you understand. You understand the rules. Uh, I don't know how Josh says the rules. Uh, like it, love it, wants more of it, hate it, despise it, never want to see it again. Uh, and maybe somebody, uh, one of the mods in the chat, can uh, throw in the prompt. The the uh, the what's the what's the word for those little emotes? Emotes. I was gonna say emojis and really embarrass myself, but whew, dodged a bullet there. Uh, this one's pretty simple. Uh, I'll, I'll set the scene real quick uh, because with Swerve Strickland, you have the Mogul Affiliates, and the Mogul Affiliates are two scary white boys. Uh, one, obviously Parker Boudreaux, not a very scary name. Does not look like a Parker Boudreaux. And the other doesn't have a name. They referred to him today as the painted one. Uh, they, they they are being really mysterious about the whole thing. Uh, and so my keep it or kick it is this. Keep it or kick it. Never finding out the name of the painted man. Hit the music, me. What's the fella got to do to get kick around here, you know? I, I have no idea. I, I learned nothing from your first faux pas. You should have flipped it. I should have flipped it. All I had to do was flip it, but I panicked, Zoobs. I'm not meant to be on screen. I'm supposed to be in the back uh, not having to pay as close attention. We got all keeps from high, uh, from Hits Merle. I'm, gonna, I'm always going to say Hits Merle. It, uh, you know, call me a traditionalist. Um, Sam Fells with a keep. Dennis Dirty Work with a keep. Stake Buns with a keep. Thomas BW with a keep. And the Narwhal. Welcome, the Narwhal with a keep. Bunch of keeps. Nobody wants to know the painted man's name. And quite honestly, I don't know. What do you think, Zoobs? What, what's your thought on this prompt? I'd love to kick it. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. No, I, listen, I think it's... Never learning his name is a hilarious air of uh, mystery to, to, to lend to things. Um... Fat Aaron also rent lending in with the keep. So people want people want to never know. People Damn. wanna people wanna never know. Wow. We miss you, Josh. Damn. The guns are out and they're in dark clothing. They're morning FTR. It's happy to I'm I'm happy to see them in this spot. Like getting the cruel, like bigger heel opportunities where it's like it's comedy, but you get to be like cruel and mean. Um it's sort of to me as like a logical stepping stone of the upper mid card of the tag division and then you sort of see these things uh start to be given us opportunities to like make something of them a thing that can very easily die and be terrible can they make something out of it so i see this as like an interesting challenge set up um, it makes sense logically this is when you would do something like that you, know, you would knowing them that they're not around um 
we get a shout out at the old dad bods and they, they make fun of the fact that they started a podcast a lot of anti-podcaster content on the show uh this careful, evening careful 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 fellas careful fellas making fun of a ball guy with a podcast <laughs> i know a few of those kicking around um <laughs> yeah, that's the whole problem uh the bald one, I'll say the one who's the one who's going bald, the one who's approaching Mock's hair uh, of the guns, um, reading off cards, which I actually thought I loved, which I actually loved. I was like, you know what? Why don't we? Wh- why can't he have cards? Why not? Let these guys have some cards. And I was like, yeah, the notes, it'd be good. Um, they fake the FTR pop. They they play the music. They pretend to be scared, uh, and they say very angrily that. FTR is free to work in any promotion in the world, and I mean any promotion in the world. Wink. Figgle also pulls his glasses down and goes, Sasha Banks, wink, wink. Um, but you will never work for AEW again. Top Guns out. Um, Top Guns out, yeah, in theaters last summer. <laughs> Did you see Maverick? What a film. What a film. I, I, I haven't. I haven't, but uh, I want to. I'm reluctant though because I love Mission Impossible so much. Um, yeah, is it just going to be slightly worse? But that would be a good movie—a slightly worse Mission Impossible. Okay, you've convinced me. Zeus. I'll tell you this: it just, well kicks ass, it just kicks ass the whole. Just yeah. kicks ass the whole time. Uh, it just kicks ass the whole time. That that show, that movie. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big movies guy. One of my questions for you was going to be: Are you movies or TV? Um, you right now? Anyway, yeah. Anyway. We'll get there. I, want, I might have time for more for you. Uh, the blow one is Austin. Oh, there you go. Easy to remember. Stone Cold's bald. Uh, what do you think? We have our, our, our boys the guns who we love uh, getting a spot here, doing a doing some sketch comedy. Uh, I didn't realize there was a, a strong speaker gun and a weak speaker gun. This is my this is my first time. I'm like, I I think I thought that the good speaker gun was two different people. And I thought they were both, <laughs> I, and I thought they were both balding, but it turns yes. out he is both of those. The balding gun, Austin. Austin. Now I know the bald one is Austin. Easy. Oh, like Steve. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's that's what it says in there. Wow, how are you supposed to speak and look at the chat? I found that out the hard way when I did the show myself. That. I meant easy. to mention off the top that like I felt confident that the show was going to be good because I had you and because like it's very hard to produce and host the show at the same time. Not that we ask visually that the work live isn't a ton of it. You know, you have to do some stuff, but it's very hard to make sure the visuals are right and read the chat and speak, you know, fluently for long periods of time. So I knowing you were here, I was like, it's gonna be a good show. I don't have yeah. to do too much. Zooms, I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know about you. I think it's been a good show. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to try to goose us to keep your kick it later. Um, but yeah, we, we love that. Uh, we get we get a preview for Game 7 of the ta- Trios tag next week. Um, and then the women's tag really gets a death spot here. Holy moly. The nine, It's like 9.35 they go on, and we have the main event, and it's like been a banger the whole way, and it's Sky Blue and Kira Hogan against Jade and Red Velvet. Absolute death spot, um, real yeah. tough. But and yeah, red against and red against blue. I mean, that's a rivalry for the ages. Um, honestly, the, here's the thing: death spot aside, and a lot of green talent, red and blue, and they were all green. Um, <laughs> honestly, you do what need to this? have this kind what of. What is this? Christmas lights? What, what is the kaleidoscope? I don't know if that's what's in there. What is my son's toys. Uh, <laughs> my brain. 
my honest takeaway though is you do need to have stuff like this on the show for all four of the people involved. All four of them need more ring time. They need more. They need even small stories to tell through a match. Um, TV time, in ring time. It's really useful for all four of them. So as much as it maybe this didn't, you're looking back at the show and it's like it doesn't jump off the page at you as like a highlight or a great thing. Um, served a purpose, moved a story along, and got all four of them um, experience. You're sort of at this point, you're they're treating them like a little bit like sports prospects. We like they need to get ice time, they need to be on the floor, they need to be in situations at the end of games, yada yada yada. They need to be telling stories and having matches. I have a ton of time for Sky Blue and for Red Velvet, and I thought Jade um, did sort of show that she was leveled up at the end, where she's just like, all right, I gotta fucking put an end to this. Stop yeah. over. And uh, had some, I thought some, not bad. Some big moments with big pops yeah. for Jade. Um, Sky Blue is what they should be doing with Wheeler Yuta and you know the, the yeah. aforementioned wrestlers who are being thrown into the fire. Sky Blue isn't being thrown into the fire as much. You get a little, a couple sprinklers, sprinkles of her speaking, and it's like, oh, she's not that good. But they're not like exposing her. They're putting her in situations where she can have decent matches, show off her skill, and, and develop. This isn't maybe the best example of this, but this match itself, uh, a lot of people complain like there's not enough buildup to this match. I don't know why they're fighting. You're not telling this that like people assume that telling a story has to be done through vignettes or interviews or, or anything like that. The baddies have been on Jade Cargill and uh, her friends have been on TV a lot over the last maybe maybe not as much lately, but over the last six months, and they've been only mostly in like these speaking segments where they're like, "This is what's happening." Mm -hmm. They had a match tonight that I think told more about them as a faction than any of those backstage segments combined, in my opinion. I didn't know much about them going into this match. And it's like, oh, one of them is walking out first. They're upset. And that same person leaves Jade in the ring later. Like, stuff like that. I thought that, like, oh, now I know what's going on with them. Whereas I almost couldn't be bothered when they were doing just the interviews. When people were complaining that she's saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, does that Did that hit the same way for you? A little bit, yeah. I, I think I agree with your general direction there of, yeah. of sort of like, I think I have a lot of Sky Blue stock of like, I think she sort of is somebody that's going to be, if I had to guess five years from now, like which woman's wrestler that I know nothing about right now will would could potentially be a star. I think Sky Blue has that. And I, I agree with the sort of the short term, um, the Red Velvet could also be that as well. So I, I, I agree with your general direction of like getting getting some feet wet, getting some fire thrown in, getting the getting getting some browning up some of that green. Um, has use and, and even in uh, even in some of this uh, uh, death slot and and lower stakes and not getting all the fanfare and all the build. Um, there's tons of value and and years from now I hope we see it pay off. And it has paid off. It's paid off for like the acclaimed. It's paid off for the guns. Now we've seen this. We've seen this work and pay off for people in this company. So I'm sort of like ready to give that benefit of the doubt in the women's division as well. Uh, yeah. We have one more thing to get to. That's one more match down. That makes. Hi, Matt. You got did you have getting to know me? You got you got your second question for me tonight. What was the name of the segment again? Zoobs. Zoobs. I forget. Fruits, are you in there? Fruits. Zoobs for Maddie? Doesn't make any sense. Uh 
I, I, <laughs> I forget me, completely. Let me think for a quick second here. It was something to Maddie, wasn't it? Nice to Maddie or something yeah. like that? <laughs> News to Maddie. No. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. What, what the... <laughs> okay. Zoobs, I got a I got a, a deep question for you because I, I I know I I know you I know some of your story and, and that's all good but I always feel like when we talk uh, before and after the show that we reveal a little bit about our our emotional selves if that makes sense mm. and I think you you maybe are like me where it's kind of nice to have that type of conversation with other men because uh, it's not Certainly. it's not it's not as common. Talk to us about your relationship with therapy or or something like that. Was there a moment in your in your in your in your life in your young adulthood when you started to realize, uh, you you know, when you got more in touch with your emotions? Think think like when you were my age or something like that, like late late twenties. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay, I was I was sort of like I was. Um... I did therapy when I was in when I was in high school. Yeah. I had to go. My parents got divorced. My mom was like, "Really good for you," um, and I was like, "I'm 17. It's not, nothing is good for me. Like, I don't yeah. want any. I don't want things that are good for me. What do you like? What is this? What do you mean um, participating? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Uh, did not go over that well. Um, but I had always known that my brain was wired a little bit differently than a lot of people. I had struggled with things that people didn't struggle with, um, and then found things easy that people didn't find things people didn't find easy. Right, like people. Um, people don't like public speaking. I love public speaking because I'm a tension whore and I can make it up on my feet and people are like, wow, smart and well-spoken. And I'm like, no, like lying, just like faking it because I'm a personality hire. Um, <laughs> but then like, you know, to put it into like a school sort of thing is like, I was always good at um, in-class assignments and presentations, but terrible at homework because once I'm out of the mindset, I can't just get back into it. Um, I just sort of like once I'm out of school, I'm not in school. I can't, I'll get zero on homework. I'll get zero. I'll get 80s and 90s on tests because they have to happen in front of me in school. I never figured out that like I could do my homework before I left school. You just do your homework during class. And but anyway, um, I would say I I had a job until I was 25, and then I quit that job to uh, I was a TV sports uh, highlight producer, sort of like um, working on a TV show. And uh, I was like, ah, I'm sort of bored of this. It's not scratching my creative itch. And then I quit school. I went to I went to comedy writing and performance school. It's a stupid. It's like a crazy thing to do. Uh, and I like, tried to find a way to express myself um, through art. I guess, in a lack of a better word, I guess stand up comedy can be art when done properly. Um, but sort of like find a way to have a voice and express myself. And you start to get in touch with those feelings. You start to get. You start to understand that like. Um, you have to mine those parts of yourself to learn things that you actually have to say or like things that you actually feel because that's where good stuff actually comes from is from like truth. Yeah. Um, so I'd never been to a school that was like an art school in that way where it was like, it's people like, oh, we can teach you, teach you to be funny. It's like, no, does English teach you to teach you how to write? Like, no, they teach you how to take your thoughts and, and organize them and they teach you things that you need to do. Right. Or just at, at least like, give you a platform to express yourself exactly right they give you outlets they give you options yeah. they give you things yeah, yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't normally test yourself to do um you know does music school make you a good musician no but it teaches you how to, to deepen your harness your skills um and i sort of a, a few years later i was i was back in a similar not a, not the same job but i was like in, in sports media again and i was sort of like what was the part of me that like rat like 
in a rash thing quit that job and like change my life and did this and i was like i really need to explore like why it's hard for me to um be satisfied or why it's why it's hard for me to like not have seen what a great opportunity that was the first time um not that i regretted it because i going back to school and, and undertaking those changes and examining myself was like really necessary and yeah i'm happy i did it and i and i feel like i believe i bring those skills forward with me in life and you know nothing is ever like everything adds to who you are as a person. I'm certainly not the same person I was before I went to that, but yeah. Um, yeah. You just sort of like you, you in navigating those feelings and in going through some of those things, you step on some landmines where you're like, Whoa, that's not art. That's like deep seated, like issues. And then I, I, you know, back into the job force and for the first time in my life I had a job I didn't like and like, couldn't, I literally couldn't do it. I was like, Whoa, I physically cannot get myself to do this yeah, job. This is yeah. this is a real problem. And I, that's yeah. why I learned the difference between like not liking your job and a job being actively harmful for you. Yeah. Where I was like, I can't get I can't get out of bed. I can't eat. I can't like I could barely breathe some days. I was like, I'm not eating lunch. I wasn't eating breakfast. I was just like sitting at my desk panicking all day yeah. long. Oh, and uh, I was like, I need to conquer this because my whole life isn't going to be I'm 23 at a television station. My whole life isn't going to be I'm 27 and I've been doing comedy on the side and I'm getting paid to blog and do Twitter. Like that's not, that's just like not reality. You sort of, you finally have some losses. You have finally take some beats and you're like, Whoa, the, the attitude of like, it's always going to be okay. Everything will be fine. is good. And is a positive way, but you also have to like be doing the work you have to, eventually you're you'll, you'll turn an age and things won't all be fine and it'll be too late because you so i was like i need to start addressing and, and working on myself and being a better version of myself um recently hasn't been too great i was actually gonna ask you about therapy recently one of mine too i had like five planned but um yeah you know covid in the in the pando i was like i need to see a therapist and i it was digital and i really didn't get a lot out of it and um i want this to come off properly I don't think that it was good. I had a I had a female therapist, and I, I when I when I re-enter therapy, I think I will request a male therapist. Interesting, interesting. I found I found having just like from my own experience, I found myself more comfortable sharing with a woman than with a man. Which maybe, yeah, I think maybe there's reason to go to therapy for, for something like that. I just think the way I presented myself was like not that I didn't want to touch on certain subjects, yeah. but like. I was sort of looking for uh, a guidance of someone that would not challenge me, but be a little bit more like, here's what you have to do as a right, versus right, right. like, I felt like we were, we started getting into things like I didn't truly feel or believe. And I was like exploring it. And I was just like, oh, shit, I'm bullshitting this because I, you know what I mean? I wasn't being honest. I was cheating the system and it's, right. I'm not blaming the therapist, but like it just wasn't the match that I wanted it to did be. And maybe, it was, did you maybe feel like you were being made, tr like made to feel good as opposed to like, not even, I feel like I was being made to like confront things that I didn't need. Like, like wasn't the things that I was dealing with. Right. Okay. I was just like, I don't want to have these fake conversations that are, and again, I'm cheating. I'm cheating myself there, right? It's like golf score. It's like I'm yeah. cheating. I'm the one cheating the time. But uh, it was just, it, it just wasn't a great fit. It was Friday afternoons. So I was like, within three weeks, I was like, okay, I want to just go and have dinner with my wife. Like, I don't want to sit here and have this conversation. Whereas yeah. I think if I was looking forward to it and had that connection, it would be a little bit different. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know everything about the Zoobs, but I do know how important Friday is in terms mm -hmm. of. Uh, multi day. multiple meals. Friday lunch is pretty important. It's takeout yeah. Friday as well, which I'm participating in this week. Um, so yeah, that that I that totally makes sense. It's like 
it's not automatically going to be helpful every time you go but yeah I, that but like that for you was probably just that the good thing was that you knew you needed something even though it didn't pan out how how you might have wanted but that's that's good yeah. to know that's good to know i i i knew i saw i've always seen you as somebody who is in touch with with themselves and with therapy so it's good to know about like that journey that a lot of people go myself included like even even down to the bad at homework good at tests loving right. the sound of my own voice and then you hit a point of no return in your life where it's like oh i can't work yeah. anymore like i have to try Get to skills. i i i <laughs> i cannot work anymore oh my god i have to I find know. something that involves the least amount of work possible what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah in to close it out on the therapy, I did have I had I had one or two really good sessions with that therapist. I, I don't mean to demean it like very early on. I was like I do, I literally can't explain why I'm just like so down all the time. Yeah, and she was super. She very accurately pinpointed that like joy and is a very big part of just sort of like my who I am and like I take it from a lot of different places. But like I just hadn't been feeling it and just hadn't been pulling it from places lately. And she was like, "You feel like you've lost a part of yourself because you're not feeling that in the way that you." are used to and it feels like it's missing and you haven't figured out how to fill it yet it was the pandemic i hadn't been outside i hadn't yeah. i suddenly wasn't working in sports it was like you know we're all going through a lot um i i will say i definitely should be seeing a therapist soon i, should, I need to it's just like so much trauma and so much change in the last there's, year of my life i just sort of been like there's so much trauma like, there's so much trauma yeah. but like you can't just immediately unpack it too uh, give, i know give i know yeah you know <laughs> it's not like, i know enough i, I know like enough you, to be like when you're not going to the much... feel good store <laughs> down the block oh i'm feeling pretty I have, sad i have driving alone in my car for an hour every day. I have, I, that is therapy <laughs> just complete silence <laughs> i'd pay for that that should cost you know, 300 bucks an hour. Ima Jesus. Imagine this. Yeah. A one hour drive with no traffic and no stopping. <sighs> I need to work with 55 minutes on Tuesday. Heaven on earth. Oh, <laughs> didn't hit the brakes once. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> hit a couple red lights, but <laughs> no, it's all 401. It's so easy. It's the best. Oh. Um, it's all, it's all major highway, hundred mile an hour speed limit. It's so Zubes, what, what happened, what, what happened next? Uh, and cause uh, we're not done the show, are we? This wasn't the post show show. You got, we reached you, got it. you got a little yeah. bone, you got a little bonus. Uh, two the, the game was sort of half post show show as well, wasn't it? It was. I appreciate that. You, you know what? Speaking of speaking of uh, Tony Khan, not booking wrestlers to their strength. You're booking me to my strength, uh, which is the post show show throughout the show glad to have helped wow. uh we get to the, we get to the the fireworks factor here the last 10 minutes uh we have we have a feature double feature on friday rampage and battle of the belts man don't care at all about battle of the belts i guess it's just a two-hour rampage yeah. friday is just never going to happen for me um renee is backstage with j double j and jeff lee and no j lethal pardon me it's no holds barred i think I thought I didn't. I, at this point, no, I was like, no, it's there. not. It's not Zoops. I have it written down exactly what, what is it? Jeff Jarrett said. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, double J, says, "No holds borrowed." <laughs> okay, so it's it has to be all original. No, no, no covers. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have named it yourself. It has to be named after you. He said, "No holds borrowed." I'm going to have to believe him. I can't wait to see these new submissions. Uh, the, 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 the back unclothed choke. I'm excited for that one. 
Uh, Jeff calls it all carny BS. They're having a rematch. Good for them. Uh, we have a, bill, a big Bill match coming up. I I missed the he runs through the entire upcoming card. I think that's next week. Big Bill. I don't even know. Main event time. It's Joe and Darby. Nick Wayne's in the crowd, uh, which I think is a big deal. He's a name that people keep saying. Um, 17-year-old that has an AEW contract. Good for him. Must be nice. Um, Darby <laughs> hugs him. Joe puts his hands on him. Uh, then Darby throws himself like a projectile through the ropes at Samoa Joe. Um, hard hitting a guy who loves to get his ass beat against a guy who loves to beat people's asses. You gotta love that. This is uh, and then such a surprise. A perfect, perfect pairing. For this that. is pro wrestling at its best. And then surprise, Darby Allen wins in his hometown. He's TNT champion again. I was not expecting this, and I almost feel like uh, and 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 I sort of asked you this before we went live. Should I, should people be happy? Is this good? Is this good, Zoobs? Is this good that, that, that Darby won? Am I overthinking it? Is it good? I think you might be overthinking it. I think we are coming to the crossroads of ROH, I think. Right. I want to say. Uh, and he doesn't need to have two. He does still have a belt. Right. Uh, the King of Television. And uh, we've seen Darby run with this title before. It, 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 getting it off the ground and turning it into a good title started uh, with Darby Allen. Uh, Sam Phelps is not good. I want Joe on my TV all the time. That's that's what they're going to try to get you to do to w watch ROH uh, by the Honor Club because uh, those things are sp splitting ways. And I think he's going to be ROH property. That's just my guess. Um, so I can see it not being good. I, I can see why you would say it wouldn't be good if you're getting less Samoa Joe singles matches, which has been highlights recently. That is a thing. But um, I wasn't. I was. I was surprised. You see all three Washington guys go over Swerve and Danielson and uh, Darby. It makes for a great moment. Crowd was super hyped for it. Um, reminds me a bit of Orange Cassidy winning the uh, North Atlantic Championship at in Toronto, where it's just like you're being a hot crowd, a big moment at the end of the show. They will remember. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty badass. I, I have, I have confidence. We, we saw Darby carry this title week in and week out in great matchups at the beginning and end of the show every single week for a long time during a very down period where there wasn't as much going on in the show as there is now. Um, I think it's a good way to rehab the belt. I thought Joe did a good job and doesn't lose. He's one guy that Josh always likes to talk about. Give him a microphone next week and the loss is erased. I think you won't find many guys in the world better than that. You're right. Um, Thank so you. I think no harm for Joe, but I can see if you wanted to see Joe every week like Sam does there, that it would you would feel like. Yeah, it sucks that crap. we're it sucks that we're seeing less of Joe because I wanted Samoa Joe. You wanted Samoa Joe, so that, that's you nailed it. What a great way to fucking clean everything up. Two hours in, absolutely fucking nail it. Uh, that's it. That's that's the AW Dynamite.